welcome to Sellersburg United Methodist Church podcast, where we bring our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world to you, wherever you are. We are witnesses. Amen? If you didn't know it, I've been saying it a few weeks, we're witnesses. All of us, every one of us. But the question is, of what? Of what? We may witness to things, but we may not be the witnesses we're called to be. And that's what we're celebrating in our Easter season is that we are witnesses. And before we get into all that that means and unpack today, please pray with me. Lord, I thank you that you have called us to a life of witness. Help us to understand all that that means for each of us and for this church body as a whole, because we want to be your witnesses. It's just hard when we see and hear things we didn't expect. Lord, help us to embrace the idea that what we should expect is the unexpected. Speak through me in spite of me, bless what has been prepared And let us hear you in spite of ourselves, that we may embody what it is you call us to be as witnesses. And Lord, I thank you that you answer this prayer, but may all the ways that we open ourselves and carry this into our life, may it be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Lord, you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. That's kind of the the struggle, the expected and the unexpected. But as witnesses, we are called to pay attention to what God is doing in and around us, and then share what God is doing in and around us. And while that sounds simple, I can make it sound simple, can't I? It's hard. We, uh, we as as a people, we are, this is a group project, this life in the kingdom. But in our culture, we really value individualism. So sometimes we may see things and hear things and and start to witness, but we are reluctant to share it because we try to explore and be curious and understand all on our own. But that's not the life we're called to. How many in here, which two of you think exactly alike? Who in here thinks completely different than everyone else in the room? And who here is really confused and doesn't understand that question? (laughs) We get hung up on how we see things and understand. And I'm afraid, if we're honest, we've all felt this, that if we see things, if we hear things about what God's doing, and it doesn't fit what the church has come to expect, well, we just keep it to ourselves. Because sometimes we really like our expectation. We like the boundaries as we've set them. And we're going to get beat up if we offer something that isn't found within those boundaries. Have you ever felt that? That you've got to say the right thing before anyone might actually hear you. Expectation is a friend that we are all eager to embrace for ourselves. Do you have any expectations of others? Is it just me? But expectation is a difficult enemy when it doesn't look like we expected. That's our gospel story, though. Can you think of one story and all of scripture where everything happened exactly like everyone expected it and there was no struggle? Can you think of one story that wasn't about change? 
Now, maybe if you search long and hard because you're thinking, Pastor, I'm going to find one. You may find one, but you're going to find a hundred more that are about change and expectations not being met, God doing something new. Overwhelmingly, our faith is about seeing and hearing what God is doing, which is the unexpected. That's why we need witnesses. God does the unexpected, and then the person or the community struggles with it and tries to offer it to each other and to the world around them. No one expected Christ to get up from the, from the tomb, amen? And we're to tell that story. We've spent the last few weeks focusing on what it is to be a witness, the need for witnesses to share what they're seeing. We need witnesses to tell their story multiple times sometimes, amen? Because we struggle to understand what it is they saw if it doesn't fit within our expectation. Take Saul, for example. We shared about his conversion on the road to Damascus. Saul went there expecting to weed out people who were following the way, and then Jesus met him on that road and blew his mind of expectation wide open. And then there's Peter. Remember our story from last week with Tabitha. He was in Joppa, living with Simon the Tanner, those little details at the end of the story. Joppa which is an echo of Jonah and all that God was looking to do unexpectedly through him. And then Peter living in the house of someone who's unclean by his standards, but Peter did. It's as if Peter is getting some of this unexpectedness. Then chapter 10 happened. Go go read chapter 10. You're going to get the synopsis today. This is an incredible story about something incredibly unexpected, and it blew Peter's mind wide open. And then he acted upon what he came to know. He embraced it. Now, I'm sure when he embraced it, he was terrified, may have been looking over his shoulder for people that weren't going to agree with him, but he went and he did it nonetheless. It doesn't mean when we see things that we have to be fully confident. It just means we're willing to share it. But his contemporaries back in his hometown, back in Jerusalem, not his hometown, they hear about what Peter did, and they have questions. And so our passage today is that encounter. So let's hear... Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. The apostles and the brothers and sisters throughout Judea heard that even the Gentiles had welcomed God's word. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him. They accused him. You went into the home of the uncircumcised and ate with them. Step by step, Peter explained what had happened. I was in the city of Joppa praying when I had a vision experience. In my vision, I saw something like a large linen sheet being lowered from heaven by its four corners. It came all the way down to me. As I stared at it, wondering what it was, I saw four-legged animals, including wild beasts, as well as reptiles and wild birds. I heard a voice say, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I responded, absolutely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice from heaven spoke a second time. Never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled back into heaven. At that moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Spirit told me to go with them, even though they were Gentiles. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered that man's house. 
He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house saying, Send to Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He will tell you how you and your entire household can be saved. When I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on him, just as the Spirit fell on us in the beginning. I remembered the Lord's words, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? Once the apostles and other believers heard this, they calmed down. They praised God and concluded, so then God has enabled Gentiles to change their hearts and lives so that they might have new life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, This is a familiar and yet unfamiliar story, right? People pointing fingers and saying, explain yourself. We live in a society where we see that happen. Somebody says something people didn't expect, didn't like, explain yourself. What you did was unexpected. You better tell us why. What we may not hear often is the end of the story. Oh, so things are happening as we didn't expect. Praise God. When's the last time you said that? I wonder what the tone of the accusers was. Can you hear their voice when they basically say, you went into the home of the uncircumcised and you ate with them? Can you imagine? It says that they were critical and accusatory, pretty strong words. I don't think this was a nice conversation. Peter did something outside of their tradition and understanding. Should we be amazed by Peter doing this? Let's recap a little bit before we settle on that. Peter was a fisherman. We were introduced to him pretty early in the gospel story. He met Jesus, who told him, fish again. And Peter replied, I've been fishing all night. I'm a fisherman, you're a rabbi. I'm tired, I'm ready to go home. But you say fish, I'll fish. And then what happened? Remember this story? Big, huge catch, the catch of his life. So we go a little further down the story, and Jesus is asking the disciples, who do people say I am? And then finally says, who do you disciples say I am? And Peter's the one that stands up and says, you're the Messiah, you're God's son. All right, Peter's getting it. But then Jesus says, well, here's what the Messiah came to do. And Peter says, whoa, 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 that's not what I expected. You can't do that. Then later down the story, Peter's watching Jesus walk on the water because we all expect to see that. And he says, call me out to you if it's you, Lord. And Jesus calls him. And what's he do? He steps onto the water and starts walking on the water. And then he realizes this was not what I expected. And he sinks. Peter's right there. He didn't expect Jesus to get arrested, which is why in one story he wielded a sword. He didn't expect that he would betray Jesus. He did not expect Jesus to rise up once again. We get the sense that Peter and Acts is starting to grasp this expecting the unexpected. When he said to Aeneas or to Tabitha, get up from a paralyzed state or for being dead, Peter expected them to get up, the unexpected, and it happened. It's like Peter is is right there and it's starting to happen, but then it takes this vision he saw, took three times God saying, kill and eat, Don't call unclean what I've called clean. Go kill and eat. Don't call 
unclean what I've called clean. One more time. Don't call unclean what I've called clean. Peter is starting to get it, but he's struggling. And I don't fault him. Do any of you love to brace, embrace the unexpected? Are you good at it? Especially when it means that it's going to require something of us, like stepping across a boundary we didn't expect to or didn't want to. Especially when it costs us something. Peter stands before this group of people waving their finger, and they're limited still. They haven't seen what he's seen. They didn't come peacefully and with humility saying, hey, we heard about this exciting, unexpected thing. Tell us about it. They come to criticize and accuse. Now, the passage ends well. They praise God, and they embrace the unexpected. But a few chapters later, they're back to their old ways, and Acts 15 occurs. And they have to be reminded by Paul that God's doing something new. And then they seem to embrace it. And then in chapters 21 and 22, they arrest Paul for bringing a Gentile into the temple. Even the people at the core of the heart of the faith are struggling. That's the culture of Jerusalem at the time. Embrace and then rejection. Praise and then hesitation. Dedication to the kingdom of God and then allegiance to the kingdom of Israel until a revolt comes and the whole place is destroyed. That's our gospel story. Not too fun to tell sometimes. But we get it. People call unclean what God calls clean. People call unacceptable what God calls acceptable. People call impure what what God says is pure. People say, no way, and God says, Yahweh. So what are the keys to this story? Peter says he saw the, the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. He saw the movement of the Spirit occurring. That's how he knows. Forget the vision. As grand as that is, he showed up at that house of Cornelius and saw the Spirit was already at work. He looked for the fruit. Now remember, Jesus told a man in the Gospel of John, he said, you know, the Spirit's like the wind. And the word in Greek, wind and Spirit, are the same word. Go figure. You can look out on a windy day and know that there's wind, right? Probably experienced it yesterday. But Jesus says, you don't know from where the wind comes or to where it blows. That's how it is with the Spirit. You can see the fruit. You can see the signs. But you may not know where it's taken you, where it's all headed. And that's hard for us. It's hard for me. Peter is looking for what the Spirit's doing. He's struggling with it. And he's working to embrace it. He went into that house of the Gentile. And then he goes on to say in chapter 9, God has shown me that I should never call a person impure or unclean. That's his words verbatim. Because Peter was a witness to the Holy Spirit over tradition. We should respect tradition. That's our Wesleyan way. Scripture, tradition, reason, experience. But we have these experiences, and we want to reflect and look at it through our tradition. But sometimes the tradition's ready for a change. And we praise God for the times tradition has changed. Amen? Where we don't segregate. Where we let women follow their calling. Sometimes we have to look and reevaluate the tradition, but it never reevaluates Scripture. This is the good news, yes? God is not finished with us. God's not finished with you, God's not finished with the church. God's still at work. Amen? 
The Holy Spirit opens our hearts and minds and sometimes blows it wide open to the unexpected new things that God is doing. The Spirit blows where it will and leads us into the renewal of all things, Paul says. We who are on this path of faith and renewal in Jesus Christ, we who have said yes to live in cooperation with that Spirit, who live in the reality of God's saving grace every day here and forward, we commit ourselves to seeing what the Holy Spirit has to show us, no matter what the Holy Spirit has to show us, so that we can witness to it. The world needs your witness. The world needs your witness. Not of limitation and expectation, but of unexpected. But the truth that no person is unclean, no person is impure, and the many other things that God is showing us beyond that message of Peter's. Now, people may not know it yet. They may not know that they're actually clean and pure in God's sight. And confronting them with criticism and accusation is not the way. While we certainly don't know what to expect from God in this life of witness, following the lead of the Holy Spirit, who knows where it's taken us, we can expect to be confronted by those who don't understand yet. And they will point fingers at us. Love them too. Witness to them too the fruit of the Spirit, that maybe through you they see it. Let's be like Peter. You can be anxious. You can hesitate. But always look for the signs of the Spirit and be willing to follow the lead in any way you can. Amen? Amen. We thank you for joining us today. And it is our hope that you have experienced the blessing of God through our time together. If you'd like to know more about our church community and its ministries, visit our website at sellersburgumc.com. 